Welcome to Alphabet Flight Encyclopedic Marvel Journey, where I talk about the official handbook of the Marvel Universe with guests, talk about all the characters we know and love and have forgotten as well. My name is G.I.C. Cooper, and with me today is a person who has a lot of vindication. Sean! <laughs> you didn't go for a person who is from actual Canada? <laughs> no! Who wears a Canadian flag on his body? <laughs> no, 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 a person who has a lot of vindication. All right, well. And also yeah, happens hi. to be from Canada. And also happens to always wear the Canadian flag. I mean, not every day or no, anything. No, no, I'm pretty sure I... always. <laughs> um, more frequently, I wear the Canadian national uniform, which is jeans, work boots, and a plaid shirt. Yeah, like like your ancestors, lumberjacks. Very much like my an- well, none of my ancestors were lumberjacks, but yes. Well, well that's that's where the, the the Canadians came from. Yep, it's true. Yeah, a bunch of uh, lumberjacks came over from They're Britain. A separately evolved species <laughs> that uh, sort of slowly developed from lumberjacks. Yeah. Well, uh, we're talking about Vindicator. What do you know yeah. about the Vindicator? Well, um, I'm more familiar with Guardian, uh, who was, I think, after... Like, okay, there are a couple of different Vindicators, first of all. Yeah, we're talking about... One of them was originally known by the name Guardian. Yes. um, And later took the name Vindicator when he got sort of more aggressive and more angry at Trudeau. (laughs) Purely Trudeau was in Marvel Comics. Look it up, it's Buckwild. But I think that we're talking about his successor, who is a woman who I don't know a whole lot about. Well, yeah, that's who we're talking about. Um, and she is wearing the Vindicator outfit, which is basically the Canadian flag. Yeah, just kind of stylized. Uh, and, you know, Cal, but does a smart thing, has a ponytail. Yeah. Uh, well, actually, you know what? That's just a gender her. Yeah, I mean, I think the skin-tight outfit does a reasonable job of that. Well, you know, uh, but it, but in this picture, it's a very dynamic picture they have, because they don't have, like, her normal thing, because she has, like, for whatever reason, her first bit is, like, half a page, even though she has a lot going on. Um, But, uh, but it looks like she's, like, it looks like she's jumping and, like, just, like, like, just yeeting energy at someone. Yeah. Just, like, yeet. And so, <laughs> let's see, if I recall correctly, the Vindicator suit uses geomagnetic energy to fly and also can manipulate it in energy blasts in sort of the most standard set of superpowers. Yeah, pretty much. Well, let's get to talking about her. Her name is Heather McNeil Hudson. Uh, she was a form. That's a very Canadian name. She was a former secretary and now leader of Alpha Flight. So, this is a eighty-seven. What a non-stereotypical background for <laughs> female character in comics to have. Did you know that when Wonder Woman was first on the Justice League, they made her their secretary? Yep. Yeah. So that's like a sad legacy. She has a secret, so her identity is secret, known to certain Canadian government officials. She was born in Calgary, Alberta, Canada. Um, she's widowed. Oh, didn't know that. Yeah, uh, oh, was, wait, hang on, was original Guardian her husband? Yeah, and he's dead okay. at this point. So, 
that's th- those are the circumstances. Ladies, take note, those are the circumstances in which it's acceptable to become a superheroine, only if you're avenging your dead husband. Yeah. Otherwise, you should... Yeah, you, you, yeah. Take up, you take up their mantle, and their powers, yeah. and their name. Under all other circumstances, I'm sorry, but the glass ceiling does say you have to stay a second. You can, only, you can only break the glass ceiling if you have a suit given to you by the government that's powered by... And even then, only if you don't have a son of at least uh, 16 years who can take up the mantle himself. Yeah. Uh, so Ramsey McNeil, her father, uh, Claire McNeil, uh, her mother. Sorry, I'm going over known relatives, by the way. Yep. Uh, and James McDonald Hudson. James Hudson. And uh, he's his. He is her deceased husband, who will later become a non-deceased husband. Well, actually, wait. Death do do us part, so I guess he would be a single former deceased former <laughs> husband. I'm pretty sure Lazarus stayed married when Jesus brought him back. Um, I don't know. Wedding vows don't work that way. Death do us part. I'm pretty sure you can, uh... Nobody, nobody says that if you come back, you're not allowed to stay married. Okay, I'm pretty sure wedding vows do. It's built no, in. No, they say... Till death they do say that us that's part. Your, that's, it, there's a difference between an escape clause and a mandatory exit clause. I'm pretty sure that's mandatory. If I got married and died for at least five minutes and came back, I'm no longer married to my wife or husband. I'll ask my pastor. I like I, we'll I will out. no longer be married to a wife or husband if I die for five minutes. It's an epidemic. It happens all the time. I am entirely certain that that's <laughs> not true. Well, you know what? You can't prove it, so... Um, I can't. No, no you Hang can't. On. There's no way of looking that up. And if you do, it's a I'm lie. I'm Googling legally dead. <laughs> uh, hang on. Medically dead for five minutes. Because if your heart just stops for five minutes, they probably haven't even filled out the paperwork No, 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 you're yet. legally dead. No, you're legally dead, which means you're legally binding contract, which is your wedding, uh, certificate. And that's why no one's ever collected a debt from someone who's been in a nearly fatal car crash. No, right? no, no. If you're legally dead, <laughs> if they say that you're legally dead, then you're legally out of all your legal. <laughs> uh-huh. By the way, hire me. I'm a really good lawyer. <laughs> yep. <laughs> all right. Give me the give me the stats. She's married, or she's formerly married, and won't maybe will be again. We'll see. You surely can get remarried though. Well, I did say you're not remarried, but you are legally not married. Double jeopardy, you can't marry the same person twice. <laughs> so she first showed up as a secretary in X-Men 136, uh, November 1980. Something wicked come, uh, something, sorry. <clears throat> something wicked this way comes. That's a lazy title. It's, it is, and it makes, it's real hard to say. Because something wicked coming this way is something I'm pretty sure someone said before. Hamlet. Yeah, so, something. Uh, The Three Wishes. Wicked. This way comes. By the pricking of my thumbs, something wicked this way comes. Yeah, um, this apparently, welcome to the X-Men, Kitty Pride. I hope you survive the experience. That's a good thing to say to, like, a 13 and a half year old girl. Yeah. I hope you don't- Although she is, like, one of very few- actually good X-Men characters. She is, and she's more likely to survive because she could just be like, hey, you're not using magic. I'm a ghost. Wow, 
three out of the four decent X-Men are on the cover of this comic. Yeah, speaking of uh, people who met the X-Men, Heather McNeil is the daughter of Ramsey and Claire McNeil of Calgary, Alberta, Canada, and has at least seven siblings, six of whom are boys. Uh, The McNeils were neighbors of Dr. Callback to... Uh, Laura's episode, last episode, <laughs> uh, was the neighbors of Dr. Michael Two Young Men and his wife Catherine. And they're. Oh, Shaman. Yeah. Or Talisman in present day. And by present day, I mean 87. And their daughter Elizabeth, who was Talisman before she was not Talisman. Um, Heather often acted as the younger Elizabeth's um as the younger Elizabeth's playmate and babysitter. Uh when Catherine died, the grief stick and Michael became a hermit. The McNeil family took care of Elizabeth and Heather hoped helped raise uh, Elizabeth as if Elizabeth was her younger sister. Uh, because of the great expense of her family to support so many children, because there's eight of them. Uh, Heather got a full-time job at an unusually early age, thanks to her great organization skills and intelligence. She worked as the private secretary to Jerome Jackson, vice president in charge of development of the Amcam Petroleum Company in Edmonton, Alberta, when she was only 17 years old. So she worked for evil oil executive, who later... (laughs) makes the Omega flight so they can... (laughs) Oh my gosh. (sighs) Um, Not a good series. Uh, Hudson, angered at Jackson's plan for the armored suit, puts it on one night and uses destructive power to destroy uh, Amcan's plans for construction and use the suit's flying ability to escape. Uh, She abandoned the suit and made off with the cybernetic helmet, which... He had designed and built before the work at Ancam can, without uh, without which the suit was inoperable. So they needed the helmet, basically. I'm just looking at uh, Google image results for her. I really like the green version of her costume. Uh, if you could send that over, that'd be great because I haven't really. It's a cool look. Actually, no, the green version is good. It's very good. Um. Okay. So. So, uh, later, she visited, uh, Hudson and learned that, that he took the helmet. Sorry, Hudson. Sorry, Hudson. I said her the entire time. The original Guardians. Oh, this was all... Wait, was, was Hudson doing all this stuff? Hudson, no, Hudson was... Stealing helmets and... Was still, stole the suit. Taking names? And took the helmet. McNeil visited Hudson, learned that he took the helmet. Right. She told Hudson that she's fallen in love with him for the first time she had seen him. The first time she's oh. seen him. And told and told him, an employee of his division. Told him, an employee of his division. Dr. Yeah. James McDonald Hudson invented the armor suit to be used as exploration and development. Who did she tell that? It said Hudson, though. That's the... Right, so she told Hudson that Hudson invented the... Alright, whatever. This seems to be a mistake. Pronoun, pronoun references off. But basically, they lied. 
it said, hey, this was developed by Hudson for exploration because it was built in secret. So Heather McNeil was attracted to Dr. Hudson, who was her elder by many years, and was shocked to learn that Jackson in, 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 ter, in turn, wait, wait, intended to turn a Hudson's exploration suit to the United States military, who could utilize it as a weapon. No, they couldn't. It has a Canadian flag on it. Well, it's like the whole. Well, what you do, <laughs> what you do is that is you, you just make a white stripe up the front, and then like turn the middle part into a star. It's interesting. The Canadian flag actually can't be painted over. The universe won't allow it. Oh. It's like coded into the very core of reality. Well, you just turn it into red, white, and blue, and then, like, say, yo, this is America. <laughs> <laughs> and then it just happens. We already do claim a lot Complete of- We already ritual. do claim a lot, of, a lot of Canadians here, so. Like, a lot of the kids in the hall. Alexander Graham Bell, for some reason. Who is very clearly Scottish. Uh, McNeil wanted to warn Hudson that, uh, but she was forbidden to do so by Jackson. In uh, in protest of Hudson's treatment, she resigned from her position. As secretary. As secretary, yeah. She wanted to be... So not like... Oh, this is... A <laughs> big impact of a decision. This is a real great next sentence. She resigned to okay. her position. Because she wanted to be his wife. That's nice. I mean, it's nice. That's a nice thing to do. It's, I mean, it's... I'm not gonna make fun of I that. Mean, I mean, no, no, not... So, okay, I'm not against her, like, being in love with this person she met once and who is her elder by many years. Remember, she said 16... I mean, 17 at the time. Um, but okay, she is, quit her job right. to support her family so she could get married to someone. I see the issue. That's what I have a problem with. The married part is the least <laughs> important part of that. I am grasping the problem there. She specifically got this job so her family can support themselves. Uh-huh. And she's quitting because she wants to marry someone, her elder, by many I mean, years. she can find another job, though. It's not... Impossible. But I'm just in saying. like the 70s when this comic was she, written to find a job. But she quit her job to support her family. Well, and you know what? Somewhere along this chain of events, she becomes a superhero, so. I'm just. You enough. know? I'm just saying it worked out. I mean, it worked. It's just, I don't, I don't agree with the circumstances she quit her job. <laughs> <laughs> if she quit her job and then was like, hey, I'm a superhero, that's different. Mm. Um, but, uh, yeah, she was, Hudson was taken back by her confession of love from a girl who was still a month away from turning 18. I, too, would be taken aback by this. But acknowledged that he was attracted to her as well. No comment. Hudson was deeply depressed about his future, believing to be sent to prison for stealing the suit. I wonder why. Yes, for stealing the suit is why he was sent to prison. <laughs> So McNeil uh seek to uh McNeil decided to seek the government's uh government aid for Hudson and Hudson and McNeil spent two days speaking with various government officials. Finally the Can finally the Canadian government declared that 
Hudson was a government employee retroactively for six years, stated that the helmet was indeed his property, and decided to recompensate Anne Can for all damages that he's done. I have problems (laughs) with that. Yeah. That's an odd decision. Now. Also, did they pay him like six years of back wages? No, six months. Still. So, here is what I have here. Like, I don't know if, like, the ANCAN was, is government-owned. I'm going to... S- I thought it was Roxxon. Yeah, but Roxxon. But Roxxon owns it. It's a subsidiary of Roxxon. Oh, okay. All right. So, basically, what, they, what the government did is repossessed a suit and lied and just gave them money. Because a person stole that suit and destroyed a bunch of construction equipment. Yeah. It doesn't sit well with me. I mean, they cut a deal, I guess, is what it comes down to. I mean, like, I, it's just like... It might be one of those things that makes more sense on the page than it does in the synopsis later. Because that's like... That's an actual conspiracy. Done by the government to repossess personal property that could be used as a weapon. Well, but they built it in the first place, didn't they? I thought it was a government project. Uh, does it? Did it say it's a government project? Hudson invented the suit as a government project, I seem to recall. Well, no, and no, then, it was... No? No, it was... Wait? Yeah. You said that they were going to take this originally Canadian invention and sell it to the U.S. No, military, and no. that was something that... And right, no, AMCAN. AMCAN did, and AMCAM is owned by right. Roxxon, which is an American company. Right, but they didn't. Did they build it? They built it. Like he built it. He Hudson built it while working for them. So it's not a government. It, so it's not a government. It's not a gov. It's not government property. Okay. So they just claimed a weapon <laughs> that could be. Oh, that sucks. Yeah, I just, I just don't understand. It, it doesn't play well when you when you put it out. Yeah. Um. So, the Canadian Prime Minister offered Hudson the position of creating Department H, which is a secret paramilitary group. I mean, paramilitary mm-hmm. department. Uh, the and secret research and development team of the Ministry of Defense. Marvel's version of Canada is basically like an evil dictator state. So I guess this all kind of tracks. I don't. I just don't understand. It is so evil. Like. It is almost as evil as the United States in in um in the Marvel universe, which is very evil. Yeah, yep, yep, yep. Um, I'd say, and then within the year, Hudson waited six months so he can marry someone who was eighteen years old after admitting to her when she was six, well, not sixteen, seventeen, that he was attracted to her. Again, no comment. On their honeymoon in Canada's Wood Buffalo's uh, National Park, uh, they were attacked by a wild man, whom later they learned was named Logan. The one guy. Yeah. You know. Logan. From all of the X-Men things ever. Co- uh, it was later given the codename Wolverine. He became savage and animalistic and seemingly incapable of speech, but due to the shock of having a skeleton laced with the metal alloy adamantium and given... A retractable adamantium claws. Yep. Oh, wait, hang on. 
is this bio for Vindicator, which has overwhelmingly been about the wrong Vindicator, about to take a left turn no. and become entirely about Logan for some reason? Yeah, it looks like that. It looks like this that. This is a really bizarre. This is a really bizarrely written entry in this book. It's most. It seems like it's mostly about James Hudson. James Hudson. Whose job was this? Uh, I don't know. Like maybe she just didn't have a lot of like story, but she was important in the comics at the time. Huh. Like her herself, because this also this, yeah. or it could be because she's a female combo character, and they do this with half the female combo characters in this. And like book. her whole origin story is just describing her husband. Yeah, it, which is frankly insane. It happens a lot. So hey, I'm gonna th- I'm gonna throw a little pitch out there. Feel free to say no to this. It is your show. What if we spent the rest of this episode talking about like good Canadian superheroes? <laughs> I, I see. There's a very little. That is. Put- I do have a comic vine page on Captain Canuck open right now, and I just love Captain Canuck. You know, I have that on my wish list. I still haven't bought it. So. Oh, it's so good! Like the new one. Yeah, I have the new one. Surprisingly good. Um, I think the old one was also really awesome. I haven't had the chance to read much of the old one, but the new one has been. I've been uh, uh, pleasantly surprised to discover that it's so darn solid. Like it's just really good action comic. So speaking of not the not um Heather Hudson. James Hudson Maybe. shot Logan oh. <laughs> but the bullet did not stop him. And then Logan physically assaulted him. I wonder why. Yeah. Then Heather shot Logan, rending him but unconscious. What? <laughs> Is her superpower the ability to do harm to Wolverine? Because that's very specific. Apparently. Uh, then the Hudsons brought Logan to their cabin, where James was tied to a bed. This is getting weird. It's saying that they're also on their honeymoon in the middle of the woods. It's weird. This is weird, and I surprisingly don't like it. Oh, really? Really? Yeah. Oh, I never would have guessed that. It's like the whole purpose of your show is to slowly beat my love of Alpha Flight out of me, and it's no, it like it's it's been pretty like it's not it hasn't been my goal, but like it slowly has been morphing into my goal. It's been happening. Yeah, I still like New Alpha Flight though, the one with Major Maple Leaf. Well, that's different. Major Maple Leaf is. I'm the mostly best. talking about the John Bird uh, Alpha Flight that everyone says is amazing, but I think is actually very boring and bad. I should maybe check out the rest of it sometime, because I thought... It, I, I've read, like, two or three issues of it, and I thought it was pretty cool, but I'm starting to wonder. Yeah, um... So... I just want to know why a government official is, like, on his honeymoon being like, Hey, look, there's a man, and shoots him. <laughs> a human man! Because, like... Unacceptable. Because Logan hasn't attacked him yet. Until he shot him. Right. So he just shot a person in pretty much cold blood. Okay. Yes, and I you know that I never endorse killing uh in pretty much any circumstance, but I will note that have you seen Logan? So that's a slippery slope. The most unrealistic part of this is that a Canadian had a gun. 
like he is a government agent <laughs> and uh, and the very um I don't want to say fascist, but clo- like evil like Canadian government of the uh, Marvel universe. Salient points in there. So saying that he was going to get uh help, medical help for the wild man, James Hudson left uh Heather alone in the cabin with Logan, but a blizzard prevented James from getting back to the cabin in time. You know what? They haven't done this yet, but uh but Wolverine's uh, uh first name was uh James as well. Was James? Yeah, James yeah. Howlett. Uh Logan who apparently out uh out to attack her again extended his claws but logan saw the claws for what he since claimed was the first time he can remember and was horrified believing that someone implanted the claws in logan against his will heather hudson comforted the despairing logan until heather i mean till james hudson arrived now, I know this is a retcon that they've done later on, but Logan, by this time, I'm pretty sure, was shown to have claws in the first place. Yeah, uh, he had bone, bone claws, claws, and then they put, and the, then they metal put the metal on him. So, like, was he more despaired about the metal? Or the fact he has claws? Because it sounds like he's saying... This is the first time I ever saw my claws. He was brainwashed. Yeah, I mean, he knew nothing about his whole... Like, that's his whole character is amnesia, which is the laziest imaginable characterization. Yeah. Um, This character doesn't have a backstory. What should be his backstory? Oh, okay, let's get super meta. He doesn't know his own backstory. (gasps) Well, well, the the problem with that is, though, is, like, he's better as a mysterious person. But the more backstory they put to Wolverine, the worse his backstory gets. <laughs> so, yeah, the more convoluted and spending a decade in Japan as a ninja it gets. Yeah. And having multiple dead Japanese girlfriends and then leaving one of them with his... I just can't. I can't. Just <sighs> what is see? it with like Canadian characters and just like not being that fun to talk about? I don't know. <laughs> Do you know what it is? It's because all of the alpha, alpha. Oh, you did all it! All of the alpha you flight did it comics. This time. Yeah, huh. I did it. All of the alpha flight comics have decades and decades worth of bizarre, convoluted continuity. None of which has any bearing on the actual content of the comic. And also, for some, somehow they managed to fit decades worth of continuity into like three years worth of comics because there aren't that many alpha flight comics. No. Well, they are tied to X-Men, which... Which is a mistake. Oh! It's not Alpha Flight's fault, Jesse. It's it's X-Men's fault. It's X-Men's fault. It's the fact that everything X-Men touches devolves into this absolute continuity tangle. Yeah, that's that's it. Also, I mean, it doesn't also help that half the alphabet... um, I did it. It was your fault. Half the Alpha Flight team (laughs) is, like, vaguely racist or... uh, or, uh, or insensitive to a uh, culture, either. It's all X-Men's fault, moving on. (laughs) Yes! (laughs) Blame X-Men for everything. Uh, so... Um, yeah, so Heather doing emotional labor uh, comforted him until James returned. Heather, 
now suspect that James had something to do with implanting the adamantium in Logan's body <clears throat> because it was his fault because Department H is his, de- is his department. And for some reason, Department H is responsible for Weapon X because nothing can be straightforwardly named. Okay, I'm getting back into it. I'm just going to heckle. You you go, <laughs> and I'm going to say mean things about the right. <laughs> she then would find out uh, that... Th- uh, she then suspected that Hudson would know that he would find Logan in the uh, National Park, and that he may have left her alone with Logan in the cabin in hopes that she would claim would calm his pain maddened and pain maddened rage that's a great thing to do leave your 18 year old wife in a room alone with a wild man but as of yet heather hudson has no proof of these suspicions but they're right so the two hudsons had logan live with them and nursed him back to health uh he he also they also worked with Logan day and night until he emerged from his state of shock and regained his human sanity. Throw, th- although Logan still prayed to an a- still prayed to animalistic rages that time, and uh, Hudson took a maternal attitude towards uh, Logan. I wonder why the only thing that's they weird said about this woman in her whole like three page summary. Of her existence. She's in love with a man, she quit her job as a secretary, and she takes a motherly affection to a man who is like 400 years old at last camp. Like, it's almost like this isn't about her, and it's just about her husband. And it's she- just a lot of continuity. It's There's no character stuff going on anywhere in here for anyone. There's no character- But it's really weirdly about- it's continuity of stuff other people think. And also, it's just like- it's also very like- just putting all of the womanly stuff on her and none of like the superhero yeah. stuff that this is about. At what point is she going to put on the suit? I don't know. Like, there's still so much left of this. Uh... So learning of the super <laughs> learning of the formation of the team uh, called the Fantastic Four. Uh, what? James Hudson decided to form a team of superheroes for Department H. A team that would normally that would eventually be called Alpha Flight. Hey there, remember twenty years ago when the Fantastic Four were formed? What if we did that? Not the Avengers? No 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 no. I just now heard about the Fantastic Four, because we don't get news until well, we're, decades we're, later in Remember, Canada. James Hudson is many years older. Than Heather. Yeah, that doesn't mean he's like unable to read a newspaper. Well, okay, wait. This would have been. This would have been. And this is would have been like continuity anyway. Like that they would have talked about instead of showing. Like, yeah. So, so this would have been basically. Hey, we found like the Fantastic Four happened in the sixties, and let's say that, let's say that James Hudson is in his forties. At the time, you know what? Maybe this all happened like. In flashbacks. This probably would have happened in flashbacks. Like, Alpha Flight was formed in the 60s then, which makes a little more sense. Yeah. Uh, so, then, Canadian government officials hope to make Wolverine the leader of Alpha Flight. Uh-huh. Um, That's a bad idea. Wolverine oh, shouldn't be the leader gonna, of Oh, they're anything. gonna cover the thing I love the most. Wolverine shouldn't be assistant manager of a subway. Well, he's actually a really good leader later on. It's just, uh, but like for like if you haven't read uh, 
uh, Wolverine and the X-Men, like, you definitely should. He's a very good, kind, compassionate person when he's allowed to be. And yeah, it's, I did read it. it was, yeah, um, so... It was, the, it was, like, maybe the best X-Men comic I've read in a long time, so that's... It's really good. Oh, God, it's favorite. Like, it's really good, yeah. and I love it a lot. It's just, I wish that the rest of the X-Men line, like, took note of that. But... Yeah. Uh, so the Hudsons uh, visited uh, Dr... Michael, two young men in his cabin, and Branoff or Branoff, 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 sure, something, a national park where they met the Naira, the demigoddess, who two young men raised instead of his daughter. That's snowboard, but snowborb, yeah, snowborb. That's that's whatever she becomes an orb, a snowbird. Oh, bird. Okay, that makes yeah, more sense. Yeah, who's dead? Who's Snowboard. currently dead? By the way, so I won't talk about her until Book of the Dead. Like most of Alphabet Flight. I mean, Alpha Flight. Intermittently yeah. dead. So, yeah, uh, due to her, due to her alien nature, she reached adulthood in an extraordinarily short time. Uh, two young men did not tell the Hudson oh, about her true nature, but then, like Heather, saw her transform into an owl. She told James, and then James, being the uh, bootlicking government official said, hey, that, make her work for me. I need people who do that. Uh Uh-huh. Two young men also became shaman. And and then, and then the talisman. And then, like, Snowbird became Snowbird. Uh And Puck was there. Yeah. I would say the only consistently good character that came out of Alpha Flight. Man, I liked. Uh, uh, no, Sasquatch. I think is consistent. Uh, he he gets a little oh, shady like at some points. Just like the background gets um, a little racially insensitive, or it was religiously right. insensitive, I should say. Um. So then, like Logan fell in love with Jennifer, uh, with with not Jennifer Hudson. That why I say that. Uh, with Heather Hudson, but did not tell yeah. her his true feelings for her. So again. This story, this whole, whole article or entry about the Vindicator, yeah. Heather Hudson, yeah, um, has been about like they should have just made James Hudson his own entry. They do. He's dead right now. He's in the Book of the Dead. Uh, so you know, but so so far she was a secretary. She quit her job to support her family. Because she wanted to marry James Hudson, who was many years her senior. Then James Hudson tricks her into going into a trip to basically get... To basically get Wolverine, who his department was responsible for experimenting on illegally. Then... He left her in the same cottage as the savage person... Who almost killed yep. him. And then the next mention of her was she saw something, told her husband, who then forced, basically forced them to work for the government, and then Logan fell in love with her. That's her story so uh, far. Oh, boy. Yeah. Th- I'm glad you did that little recap, because I was following maybe 40% that's, of it. No, up to I'm just talking because- about her. That's the only thing yeah. that's been said about her. It's like you could probably have cut most of this and saved it for the entries on other people. It's almost as if you could. Um, 
Logan knew that her that Heather's attitude towards him was maternal, and then realized that she was too deeply in love with her husband. So first he was yeah. just like, so this person who loves me like a son won't love me like a lover, and also she likes her husband. Maybe you should have just stopped at that point, at the first part. Yeah. Yeah. I'm just getting, I'm just so demoralized by all of it that I don't even have strong opinions on that anymore. <laughs> so, therefore, wanting to put uh, put his, bol- uh, his longings for uh, Heather behind him, he quit Department H, when he received an offer for Professor Xavier to join the X-Men. Now, that was a retcon. Do you want to know what actually happened? Yes, I do. So, uh, Department H was like, hey, that Xavier guy is getting real uppity about mutants and might threaten us because he has ties to the, you know, might, might make, like, you know, other mutants, like, want to do things. Right, and the whole fact that we've been experimenting on them unethically this whole time might make us his Yes. So they tried to send Wolverine to kill him. Uh-huh. Okay. And, <laughs> and Professor X, being the also very awful person he is, was just like, you don't want to kill me. In fact, you want to join my team and quit Department H. So he just sort of mind-controlled Logan. Yeah! Wow. It's almost as if everything about X like I I don't have anything new to say. I just want to reiterate from earlier where I said that X Men poisons everything it touches. Yeah. So it's a good idea with possibly the worst execution in comics history. James reluctantly became the leader, wearing the suit that he made, and then uh, um he called his costume identity. Weapon Alpha. I wonder okay. if that has a a naming convention that also applies to something be... that Department H also did. Yeah. Hmm, I wonder. Maybe you know. Uh, and then, um, then Vindicator, then Guardian. Um, then eventually they they the government like officially disbanded both department h and alpha flight uh by the way they didn't officially uh, <laughs> disband uh all yeah. of department h because weapon x was still a thing for a long time <laughs> in fact d- d- in fact just... department h later in a really good deadpool uh really de- good deadpool story where uh yeah. wolverine deadpool and um captain america uh team up um Department H actually goes to North Korea and starts inducing, like, like making fake mutants for the Korean government. What is North Korean government? So why is Marvel Canada so evil? <laughs> well, why why is Canada so evil in Marvel? Yeah, like I mean, don't get me wrong, they do some evil stuff now, like in real life, but that's just government in general. A cap in capitalist society, so like, but like Canada's like real bad in Marvel, and like it was read by a Canadian, so that's particularly weird. Yeah, like maybe he was like an anti-establishment you know what? person. 
He was probably pretty anti-Trudeau, is my guess. Probably. That Maybe that was it. Pierre Elliott Trudeau was our prime minister. He shows up in a few uh, elf-like comics, and um, he tends to be the one telling Weapon H what to do. So I suspect that that's... Uh, maybe that's it. That probably has something to do with it. Yeah, maybe. Uh, well, speaking of things that are uh, religiously insensitive... Uh, Shortly after, James, as the Vindicator, went to investigate what proved to be the emergence of the great, uh, the mystical great beast called Thun- uh, Tundra. Oh, good! I was hoping we would talk about a whole bunch more Alpha Flight, Alpha, uh, Alpha Flight stuff, where the character we're supposed to be talking about isn't even there. But then, like, Heather got up, like, the other Alpha Flight members to, like, help him out. After defeating Thundra, uh, the members decided to continue work as a team, independently from the company. Then, um, months later, Hudson, Heather Hudson was taken captive by Daphne Courtney, a humanoid uh, robot serving Jerome Jackson, who formed the Omega Flight. Box. Yeah. Box. Well, Jackson was box for a little bit. Yeah, he's box. Yeah. One, One of them. them. Yeah, not the box that's b that's b o c h s. Not the not the funny no. box. Not even funny. Just like just like he could have tried. Remotely noteworthy. Yeah. Uh, to to basically like you know hurt, but basically Omega Flight was made to hurt James Hudson. He took control of Box, used to attack Hudson, now known as Guardian. His suit was fairly damaged in the battle. In order to defeat Box, he tore circuits up from the suit and fed the energy into the battle uh, battle suit's battery pack in, in the box. In Box, um, the robot was destroyed, but the, we've, the feedback killed Jackson, but Hudson was disconnected to suit power pack within seconds, or would explode, and then... Heather entered the room just in time to witness his her, her husband die. That's unpleasant. And then Alpha Fly, and then <laughs> members of Alpha Fly was just like, "Hey, you were the closest one to the dead person. Why don't you become our new leader?" I need you to put on your dead husband's clothes and fly around. Pl- please, <laughs> hurry up! Yeah, here we and go. Then, and then they fought Omega Flight after reconstructing his suit. Uh, Courtney was destroyed. Omega Flight was defeated. They made so she took the code name Vindicator after creating the suit again because the suit was pretty much destroyed after fighting Daphne. And uh, she's five five, weighs one twenty. <laughs> <laughs> and- That's the first thing I've learned about this character this whole time. You learned that she was a woman who comforts people and, um. Is light to? Okay, so she's five five. Has weighs one twenty. Has green eyes, red hair. Hooray! Does it discuss her powers? Uh, she well, unusual feature. She's nearsighted. It wears corrective lenses to correct to give her normal sight. Yeah, but her corrective lenses are like the weirdest looking goggles I've well, ever she seen. Wears, well, the goggles. Well, it says specifically the goggles are corrective lenses as well. Well, that's. I mean. A better reason for her to be wearing those weird goggles than just because we wanted some weird goggles on there, I uh, guess. So when she's in her suit, she can lift like 3.5 tons. Um, yeah, pretty good. It's better, better than vermin. Yeah, vermin. That's, that's three and a half times vermin. 
Wait, no, it's not. It's uh. No, it's three and a half times. Well, is it is a ton a thousand or two thousand pounds? Well, it's two thousand pounds, but it's three and a half tons. So if he can lift, well, no, actually, no, it'd be. Furman could lift a thousand, so she can lift eight times. Yeah, eight times Furman, pretty much. Okay, uh, so so she doesn't have any superpowers. She has a suit that. Let me shorten this down from like five paragraphs <laughs> to she has a suit. Uh. So cool. she has a suit, has a bunch of electromagnetic projectors. She can, like, use electromagnetic field to, like, fly really quickly, which is up to Mach 1. Ooh, uh, which is 700, up. I mean, 770 miles an hour. I don't know how much that is in, in um, metric. I'm not going to look it up. <laughs> uh, basically, yeah, neither she's I. basically, basically, she can make sonic booms all day. Uh... Sonic boom, Sonic boom. Uh, she has a force field. She can make a force field that's about like three inches away from her armor. It, it it dampens inertia, but does not cancel it, which means if it's a big enough force, it will still make her fly back, but it will not necessarily be like all blunt force trauma. Like, right, she can still, she get, can still get harmed and not as much. Uh, she can also suit beams out of her gauntlets which is that which is equivalent to about 250 pounds of tnt don't know how much that is a metric not looking that up uh and she can like move through bedrock apparently about the maximum speed sort of, of like 15 miles per hour so if she's just like scoot right on yeah so she could basically just like kind of cut through the rock fairly quickly does she leave a tunnel behind yeah. her or does it? Okay, well that's pretty yeah, good. Yeah, she's shooting. Uh, it also has like a computer in it that like <laughs> that does like things. That does the rest of this stuff, presumably. Regulating the force field. She can like she can like um make the suit go faster while making it more unsafe for herself. So she can fly up to like fifteen miles an hour. Enough. Sorry, not fifty miles an hour. Uh, like a hundred, like a thousand miles an hour. And um, or to make it even more unsafe, she can instantly teleport herself. But it's really, re- it's a really, really dangerous thing, and she can kill herself pretty easily doing that. Okay. So. So probably done. We're done. I don't usually say this at the end of finishing a podcast, but thank God that's over. Yeah. Like, it, <laughs> it was not a good entry. It's in not that a book. good entry, and almost none of it's about Vindicator. Like, most of the time it at least jumps to it, like midway through. Yeah. But most of that was not about her. Just make it a short entry. Skip to the part where she gets. Skip to immediately before she gets the like, costume. Like, say, like, you know, say, hey, she, she met. Wolverine, she got married to Logan. I mean, I met Logan, she got married to James Hudson, and, you know, say that stuff, but, like, talk about her. Like, give her agency, don't make her feel like a background character in three pages of description of... I mean, so, while we were talking about this, I was looking at, um, the wiki page for Vindicator Earth, uh, from, from Ultimate Marvel, and, uh, he's got a pretty cool costume. I mean, it is a straight ripoff of Captain Canuck, but it's still a pretty cool costume. Turns out, like, the first line of his wiki pages, Colonel John Wraith was a mutant-hating commando, and I'm no longer interested. 
let's just do the next episode. Let's talk about the Nazi who has agency and, like, can control her own life. So, <laughs> wow. I know. Wow. Oh, God. We're going to have to look back on this and, and know that you just held up a Nazi as the more positive no, example. It, no, it, at least she has agency. But I don't even want to do plugs on this episode. No, I do have to, well, do, you know do what? some plugs. Do your plugs. I'm not doing both. I have a podcast. It's called Pitch Me Something. What we do on that show is we come up with ideas for pop culture stuff that's better than this. God. <laughs> it's better than Vindicator. We like sit down and we come up with a story for a character and something that has emotional significance and gives them agency, and then we do a bunch of stupid puns when we come to the title. That's what you can expect on my show. Um I just, I don't want to make this sound like it's Alphabet Flight's fault, because Jesse's doing a great job over here. This was just a long-winded and very bad entry in that book. Uh, you can find us at franklyimplausible.com. Just, like, kind of super sexist, like, weirdly sexist, also. Yeah. And, like, not sexist in the way where it says bad no, things it's about just, women. No, it's just, like, Just the kind where it doesn't care that they exist. Yeah, like, give her, Okay. We're gonna go, we're gonna talk about another Nazi. Okay, bye. Nazi time.